We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. It's exciting, isn't it, to commune with God and know his presence and see his power and experience his interventions. And uh, I was just thinking, you know, we were doing this prayer relay for PJ. Just, I was just imagining, just out the... You know, we kept in touch with what was happening. And not many of you have been to Sierra Leone uh, or had the joy of travelling from the airport to the city. It's an experience. It may be an experience that you'd like to undertake just for an experience. Maybe you wouldn't, but it is an experience. But to get there, get the boat across, and, and then there's this long line. But God's with them. They didn't stand in the line. They were taken directly to the plane. Then the flight to Ghana was delayed. There's a short changeover time. But God was with them. They came in, picked up a bit of time, didn't go through anything. They just looked their passports, took their passports, whoop, they're straight in the plane. I think we've got more to hear. Uh, last, uh, well, not the last I have, but they get to Heathrow and somehow they're moved through there. God is with us. Something about picking up what God's saying and just pursuing. Isn't it fun? Sometimes it's fun just praying it. Sometimes it's fun doing it. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. See, time before last I talked about the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Kind of the joy, the benefit, God's plan, God's purpose for us in that. Last time I spoke to you, I talked about the cascading, that it's work of the Holy Spirit to come into us, but also to go out through us. And this week I want to talk about another aspect of that, which is being led by the Holy Spirit. Now whether it's led in prayer, and seeing how we walk with him in his purpose, accessing his mind, praying according to his will, and seeing him confirming his will, Mind his will, seeing signs following. Or it can be in different ways. I want to talk to you and I want us to see that, first of all, this is the fun way. This is the exciting way. Thank God that we didn't have to kind of come to him and then sit there and just be good or do something like that until one day we go to heaven. That our whole life, God has designed to have a bit of fun. Now, looking at you, you are lovely. And you're wonderful. And I love you to bits. But when I talk about excitement and fun, I can't get much from you. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, who would put yourself at 10 for liking a bit of excitement? One, okay. Who would put yourself at one for liking excitement? Okay. Who would put yourself at five? I, sorry, I, I'm not very good at mind reading. Could you do a little kind of indication? Like wave a little hand or sort of nod your head violently, not too violently. Oh, thank you, Susan. Right. Eight. 
All right. Eight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Isn't it interesting? It, it was those amongst us that are a little more mature that are responding on the eight. I'm noticing those that are younger, oh no, they're quite happy just to stay as it is, really. Don't want too much excitement, not at our age. No. God's plan is that we walk with him, we're led by his spirit, and that leads us out of boredom, out of dreariness, and it's nothing to do with the external circumstance, it's to do with step by step being able to walk as he says. See this, do this, pray this, connect with this person, serve this into this situation. That's how God has designed us, that we are the members, the members of his body. That's what he says, if he wants to give somebody kind of a hug around the neck, he probably might send you. Imagine that. Wouldn't it be better to get a hug from Neil than some kind of spooky angel appearing and you... Oh, what's that? I mean, Neil, you know, don't you? He's all right, isn't he? Yeah. We are the members, the members of his body. Not sat sitting there in glorified boredom, but activated in his purpose. That's God's idea. Bible talks about us being profitable servants. That's not we go out and you know get some cryptocurrency or something like that. No, this is about we are there to do what he wants done. And as such, we become profitable. People who, not profit as in terms of pounds, shillings and pence. Is there still pounds, shillings and pence? Yeah. It's God's design. Now, to help us in this, and I, <coughs> my plan is that this is, this is the third part of looking at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the plan is that it would encourage and equip us to actually do the thing that we're, we're talking about. That's why we refer to the word of God for it. Now, just to give a bit of background, the Bible teaches that we are <coughs> body, soul and spirit. Right? Not too complicated, we won't get too much into that. But it does also indicate that those who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. It's part of our relationship. It's part of our being joined in. In fact, I like what the Living Bible says in this one. Those who follow after the Holy Spirit find themselves doing those things that please God. Mm. Now, if you have no interest in pleasing God, that's a different track, right? Um, God loves you and God has designed that he is, a, is pleasing you and looking after you and in his purpose that you should not be static but that you should be able to please God. Now that's a bit mind-blowing, isn't it? Don't you find that a bit mind-blowing? I mean, you've got to think of yourself in a very inflated way if you think that, yes, I'm actually here to please God, you know? But that's what God has decided. And if you've never thought about that, and if that's not something that's in you, then here's the answer. If you give your life to him, if you decide that you will choose to believe that he was the son of God who was crucified, raised again, and God made Jesus Lord of all, if you choose that, and you confess, I will make him Lord of my life. A miracle takes place. The Bible talks about, it's like being born again. You can't explain it, you have to experience it. But if you're sat sitting there and you think, pleasing God? I never thought about that. Then maybe you're in that category 
where you could come into his kingdom simply by submitting to his lordship and experiencing that miracle. Please don't get me wrong. It's not about being religious. I've got no time for religion. I don't got any time for any aspect of religion. I do have time for relationship with Jesus Christ himself. Wow. Fancy that. Little old me drawn into relationship with Jesus Christ by the power of God. Talk about miracles. That's the biggest one we'll ever experience. Now, dodging around a little bit, the Bible talks about, um, in, again in a very picturesque sort of form, a broad and the narrow way. It says there's a way that seems right to man, but the end of that is pretty grim. It's pretty destructive. The narrow way, God's way, the way that he leads us, is not promised to be all sort of moonlight and roses. There's no promise that we will be excused from difficulties and In fact, just the very opposite. But it's the right way. You see, how do we get on that? The broad way is we go along with what's normal, uh, what's reasonable, rational, what people do uh, with the latest themes or or emphasis. Just carried along. But it leads to destruction. But there's another way, God's way, which again doesn't promise to be easy, but it promises to lead to life, the fullness of his life. So what do we mean? Being led by the Spirit of God is basically God's leading or direction into our own spirit. It can come in a variety of ways. We can hear a voice, we can get a nudge, we can see something and something leaps us. We can be reading in the Word of God and something comes into our mind. We can be praying and God just drops something in. You have to experience it. So it's therefore a way into knowing his will, working where he's working, which is absolutely necessary to moving in the spirit and to seeing his power. We're talking about having a fulfilling life in the purpose of God. Is that good news? Yeah, yeah. Now there is an alternative. Let's cover that. There's an alternative to being led by the Spirit. Remember, the Bible teaches that we're spirit, soul and body. So there's an alternative, which is to be led by the body or the soul. The results of being led by the body is disobedience. Because the Bible says, don't make any provision for the flesh. If you're over-concerned by physical welfare, you know, I'm tired, I, I can't be bothered, uh, um, oh, I can't miss my me meal, um, oh, it's a bit cold today, or uh, uh, really I'd like to be with the people I just enjoy being with, uh, rather than people who might have a need. Basically, what makes, what looks after me? What looks after my body? What, whatever thing kind of feels good. Being led by the soul. Now the soul is, if you like, the intellect or the will or the emotion. What we're talking about here is being led beyond just by emotion. In the world around us, there's a, there's a lot of appeal to emotion. There are a response even at the present time to some of these issues, the Ukraine situation. You fear if people are just responding to emotion, it will come and it will go. That's not what God is talking about. This is not about being led by emotion. The Bible says, Don't lean to your own understanding, your intellect, your will. It leaves you open to manipulation. 
In fact, living in the mind, the sense realm, gets in the way, kind of like a, like a, a, a jamming procedure. You know, like it interferes with the communication system. That also includes that we can get down, get weighed down by this world's view and logical thinking. You see, we receive the gospel, we receive what God brings to us into our spirit. There's nothing in me, including senses, that can help. It's only God. So, what does it look like? The results of being led by the Spirit. While I'm going through this, I want us, A, to understand that we can be led otherwise, and that it is God's plan that we are led by his Spirit. But I also want us to understand that that is God's plan, that is provision, that's what he calls us to. This is why we talk about, why don't you stop and say, Lord, is there someone you want me to speak to today? Lord, is there someone that I should reach out to? Lord, is, have you got something that you want me to pray into today? That simple prayer, that openness, Lord, I'm just waiting before you just to see, is there something you're dropping into my heart right now? That's all we need to be led by the Spirit. Lord, not my will, but yours. Lord, what do you want? Oh yeah, I know what I want. I know all the pressures. I know the things, if you sat me down, I can go through a whole list of what I... But Lord, what do you want? That's the way into this. And of course, there's lots of examples in the Bible. Um, Some of them are pretty dramatic. Many of you would know the story of Abraham and Isaac, where... He was led to be willing to even sacrifice his son. But what about the story with uh, Jesus and Lazarus? That, that's a very high emotion, that one. Uh, Lazarus was his friend, uh, the brother of the women that supported him, that were close with him. A weird thing, wasn't it? He gets the call that Lazarus is sick and yet he doesn't go straight away because he only always did those things that his father was saying. So he wasn't responding out of an emotion. He went in God's timing. And then he goes, and of course many of you know the story, that essentially there came a point where he said, and he, had, he, he was involved in it, he wasn't sort of outside of it. And calls Lazarus forth. Interesting, isn't it? Jesus wasn't at the mercy of the crisis. <clears throat> he was ready to listen to what God said. Not driven about, but moving in peace and confidence. Essentially, going, but going in God's time and God's purpose. See, there's a principle of compensation. It works like this. If we don't follow the leading of the Spirit, feed the Spirit, we compensate on the other two areas. The body, strength, what it looks like, or the soul. is about the emotions we end up, emotionally we can end up getting blackmailed, into our emotions, oh, you really ought to do this, or forcefulness, or even trying to work it out intellectually. You see, if we, if we don't go God's way, we end up compensating in the other areas. One part of our body even doesn't work. We compensate with the other so it's not about responding to pressure, becoming uptight or defensive. We're not having to give a lot of excuse about why we don't do something, go somewhere, respond to a particular situation. 
if we're confident and at rest about what God is giving to us and that we're doing what he says. It helps us to know when to accept or refuse a situation. And therefore being the master of time, not mastered by time. Oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to blah, blah. Yeah, but as we're led to the Spirit, we're free from that. We're at rest. Not to say we're not going to be busy. It also means that time and effort is not wasted. Decisions not clouded. If we do all that we do as unto the Lord. It also means, uh, James 5 talks about this, our yes can be yes and our no can be no. It's not about compulsion, it's not about pressure, it's not about shaming, it's not about a sense of, oh, well, I really ought to. There's a wonderful place of peace being led by the Spirit. And our yes can be yes and our no can be no. We're not assessing things by outward appearance, but neither is it kind of walking a tightrope as though I've got to get it right. Otherwise, God won't be pleased with me. It's not like that. It's like, Lord, what would you have me to do? How would you have me to be? Being led by the Spirit is a very, very exciting thing. And it's God's plan for us. And we see time and time again, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, just at that point, at that time, just as he was led, Elijah, I mean, there's some amazing stories. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but I always find them very exciting, particularly when I'm looking at being led by the Spirit. Elijah goes to a widow just about to use the last of her food to feed her family or son, and then says, give it to me. That's a not, I mean, it's not right, is it? You, know, you imagine going to someone and you... Right, I, I've got the last of this food, we're starving, um, here's my son, I've got to look after him, now give it to me. I mean, how would you do that? I mean, it takes you out of the ordinary, why? Because it takes us into the supernatural, into the purpose of God, where he wants us to be. So led by the Spirit is the same as walking in faith light and truth and wisdom and love and good works. Now I want us to look at a, a story. <clears throat> and uh, Daniel's going to come and help me. Uh, as we look at this, I do want you to understand, very clearly the Bible says, everything that he puts in his word is there for our instruction. It's not just stories from long, from long ago. It's not just stories that might be interesting. Through his word, through his written word, God speaks to us. And so we have to take everything as being, what are you saying to me in this, God? What, what are you saying? And I was just reading through recently, and this really, really struck out to me. So this is the story from Acts chapter 10, the story of, of Cornelius. I don't know how you can read that little print. It's amazing. I've got my glasses on. And I've got my reading face on as well. Mm. Right. right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt him just to kind of highlight certain points. So I'm not being unkind towards him. <laughs> He's bigger than me. I'm still more determined than him. <laughs> right. So, uh, Acts 10. At Caesarea... There was a man named Cornelius, a centurion, what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. Okay, what? this is interesting. God-fearing, but living according... It wasn't just a theory. He gave, he prayed, according to... I want us to pick up these points. Remember, God speaks to us through his words. Thank you, Daniel. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. 
he distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gift to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Ah, interesting. We might think we're just, well, okay, we're just doing it. But everything we do, everything that we follow in obedience to God, he sees and he recognises. doesn't matter if nobody on the face of the earth recognises it. He does. And I couldn't imagine him nudging one of his angels. See, there's my son. He's just doing this. Look at what he's just given into this situation. He's living out what he believes. Now he sent, sorry, now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who's called Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. I like this bit. He tells him who, he tells him the name, he tells him the name of the people that he's staying with, and just to help him out, he tells him exactly where it is. You see, this is fun stuff, guys. God can get into the detail and, and send us, I mean, wouldn't you like to do that? You know, you're kind of just in a sort of dream or... What does it say? Trance or something or other? Anyway, a vision. Oh, all right, sorry. All right. Well, I'm getting excited. I like this. All right, go on then. Right. Sorry about having a little bit of difficulty here. <laughs> when, when the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and he sent them to Joppa. Okay. He acted on it. He took a decision and he said, I've heard, I will do. You know, that's a very good place to be. Um, when God says something, if we try to analyse it, work out the, the viability of it, we're basically saying, yeah, God, I'll just weigh this and I'll decide. I'll ask you this, why this and why that, and I'll decide whether I'm going to do it or not. You know what? When God says something, there's only one meaningful answer. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And interestingly, in this, this centurion, this man of authority, recognised that he was under the authority of the Lord. Yes, Lord. Peter's vision. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth uh, by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice... Well, this is interesting. Uh... He's having a conversation. He doesn't quite see because he's struggling with religious background. According to the rules that he had in his religion, he couldn't do this. And in his mercy, God comes and... Let's carry on. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Okay, what's more significant is God's word than any leftover religion. Religion gets us nowhere. Relationship with Jesus is what God has provided. This happened three times, and immediately the sheep was taken back to heaven. 
While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. Right, so they'd had those specific instructions. They'd found their way. Now they're just checking. See, it's okay. God doesn't dismiss us because we're saying, is this it, Lord? Is this the right place? Am I doing the right thing? As we follow in obedience, he takes us and leads us, being led by the Spirit. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Now this is an interesting little bit. Uh, God speaks to him. He's still not at his dinner, by the way. Um, So God speaks to him and tells him, these people are here for you and you're to go with them. Now, I pondered on this. Do not hesitate. As we go down, we find that they stayed overnight. Now, it was a, looks like a 24-hour journey. I don't know if they were on donkey or walking or what it doesn't say. I said, what does that mean? No, no, no. This is not about these poor people. They've walked or travelled for the 24 hours. Now they've got to turn around and go back. Don't hesitate was about don't hold back in your own heart. It's not about you have to do it at this moment, but it was about don't delay because you don't understand. See, there's a practical... And God is so good to take care of us in every way. So it's not about turning aside and sort of running out like a crazy person, but it is also not holding back, not hesitating, moving in the direction of doing that. Thank you, Daniel. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for, why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. I guess then he got his food. Was you worried about that? Yeah, I was worried. Yeah, he got his food then. Peter at Cornelius' house. The next day, Peter started out with them and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, they arrived at Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that this is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objections. May I ask you why you sent for me? Okay, thank you, Daniel. And then Peter goes on to share the gospel with them. And... While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Yes, the sealing of the Spirit of God. Very, very significant. So here's an interesting situation. Peter needed an adjustment. He needed to be straightened out from things that he'd got culturally or from his religion or whatever. God was willing to do that as Peter was willing to do what God wanted him to do. See, there's an instruction, there's a straightening out, there's a lining up with the purpose of God as we step out in his purpose. And he didn't hesitate in terms of deciding to do it because God had just brought revelation of correction to him. Good story. I like that story. I read it a few times. In fact, I liked it so much, I read it quite a few times. You can do that. You can enjoy it. 
Just let God speak to us through these things. So, what's required to be led by the Spirit? Let's have a look at a few things. Obviously, the first thing is to surrender to his Lordship. And not having any hindrance, no no barrier. I mean, if, if there are things that we've done against God, if there's sin, it just got to be dealt with first because that gets in the way. Secondly, we need to hear God. <laughs> that means you have to give him a chance to speak. You know, sometimes uh, we're so busy saying what we think or saying what we feel or saying what we are wanting God to do that we have to stop to listen. That's why I constantly say, ask God. What, what, what does he want? Well, I, I get up and I go to work and you know, earn the money and buy the food and gives me strength to get up and go to work and earn the money and buy the food and give me strength to get up to go to work to earn the money and buy the food and give me Oh no. Even a religious form of that. Well, I go to the meeting on the Sunday and then I see somebody sometimes. Oh my goodness. When you're young and alive, like people like me and Simon and Susan and just got a zest for life, you can't just do that because we've met with God and we're children of the living God and we're called to be the extending, involved with him in extending the kingdom and we pray into things and see them happen and sometimes God gives us to go serve here or bring some encouragement there. The life of being led by the Spirit of God and we go to work and we do our work and then always there's a, there's a channel open how do we respond to this? What is the mind of God here? Is there something? Is there someone this day? Hearing God means that we have to give him a chance to speak. Stopping long enough to ask, what is leading me in this situation? Am I being led by my body or by my soul or my spirit? See, walking in the Spirit should be the norm for people that are living under the Lordship of Christ, not just for special people. Yeah, faith is required. It's not just feelings. On the other hand, the Spirit leads, it's not kind of, I don't want you to think this is a kind of... um, disembodiment, that you kind of flow into something. No, (laughs) we're body, soul and spirit, but the spirit leads. And I know that people find it useful to think about examples and I'm often encouraged to use um, personal examples and there's many that I've used before. But I was thinking about this. The general one that came to mind was Lifeline House. Led of the Spirit to buy Lifeline House. Had no idea. We thought it might help with sort of administration and we could... Do you remember, those of you uh, from way back, we used to have the um, prayer meeting there. And didn't youth, youth used to meet there at one stage. And then we, I don't know what, I don't know if we got Castle Point, but who would have known the things that were going to happen? That place being chopped apart so much, I think John Coles warned us if we kept drilling more holes in the concrete to put wires through, the thing might be in danger of falling down. I mean, who would have dreamt the different things? But we were led to the Spirit. And my, what a financial advantage that has proved to be as well. Who would have dreamt 
that we had so many people in there at one stage that we had to kind of double up and share office. Oh, I think I'll tell you this little story. I ended up sharing office with Daniel. Now, I work on a much more, what shall I say, not sterile, just tidy, <laughs> tidy. So, and he works on the deep mess and confusion basis. <laughs> he takes after my wife. <laughs> so she wants to get something from a bag. And she rummages around. And as you know, I know exactly which pocket in my bag it is. <laughs> So what I used to do, and this would be news to him because he didn't realise, I used to come in in the morning and there was a whole clutter on his desk. I would open the drawer, just sweep everything into the drawer and shut the drawer so it was nice and tidy. I don't think, it, I don't think he even realised. <laughs> I think it's revelation to him this very day. But what's that to do with being led of the Spirit? Right, now that... That was just a side story. It was about, can you, the Spirit of God lead us to buy a building? Yes. Yes. God is not kind of away there in some religious heaven. He's engaged with us where we are, being led of the Spirit. We must proceed with a sense of the smile of God's approval. How much time have we got? I don't, can't remember. How long have the children been out? He doesn't know. <laughs> oh, all right then, okay. Do you know, the smile of God's approval is, is not a vision of somebody sort of looking at you with a sickly smile. Not that. It's that sense of a yes from God. God is okay with it. Remember, the scripture speaks of us as sons, not servants or animals, but those who could imagine and be informed and willing and not dependent upon rewards, doing something for what we get out of it, or bribes, if you don't do something, there'll be a punishment. That is not the way God leads his children. But it does mean that we have to allow our mind to become subservient to the Spirit of God working in us. Lord, have your way. I won't compete with my mind to what you're saying. And you know what? Often that first impression is often the right thing before our mind has the opportunity to rationalise and get involved. You know, I like the fact that um, in that story, it was three times that uh, the vision appeared, the sheet coming down. And this doesn't have to be your way or any, isn't it? But often, I've found that God would just show me something three times. Or three situations will come up. Now, I'm not making that the way, I'm just explaining that's often what happens for me. God is so good, so faithful. He actually wants us to live this way and has provided for us, allowing our mind to be subservient to God. And first impression before we analyse it. And of course practice makes perfect. Um, we learn to walk in that way. If you learn to walk normally by the Spirit's leading, you're in a better place for some special occasion of direction. If our normal thing is, Lord, what do you want? What, what have you got for me? How can I serve you this day? And beware of believing unbelief, because it's very damaging. Let's believe that God is for us and wants to lead us. And if we abide in him and his word abides in us, we can expect to know right Wrong way with his word presiding over our minds, John chapter 5. I think there's a value 
in tuning in to what God wants, in using the gift of tongues, gift that God gives us that we might speak unto him. Something that sets the mind aside in favour of communication with him. And I think also we help ourselves by who we keep company with, people of spirit and faith, those who are daring to believe God. There's another little point here. Don't waste time believing the devil. You know, he's a liar from the beginning. Even if the facts that he brings are correct, it's the wrong voice. It's the wrong selection of things. So the Bible teaches that we do well. We're sensitised to the natural rather than the spiritual if we are practising some form or another disobedience. We have to understand that training, upbringing, culture will lead to develop a certain predictability, but God is greater. We're not about self-will, we're about his will. Obviously, it's possible the, the outward working or technique can sometimes be similar. I mean, if you think of the story of, of um, Abraham and, and uh, the whole situation there with uh, the different families that trouble us even to this day coming from that route. Actually, in terms of the outward, it was very similar. Uh, it was as a result of being with Abraham that the two separate tribes were born. It wasn't some immaculate conception. It was, this, on the outside, looked the same. It was just wrong because he wasn't being led by the Spirit in that time. So we look for God, the Holy Spirit, to lead us. We're in partnership with him. He's the senior partner. It's really vital being led by the Spirit, very vital in being part of the ministry of Jesus. Whether it's in terms of meeting needs, giving gifts, serving, encouraging. You see, let's understand this. We're body, soul and spirit. Feelings can follow. They're just not allowed to lead. All right? It's not separated from that. So being led by the Spirit. I'm going to wind it up there. Led by the Spirit is the normal way of proceeding for people that have submitted their lives to God. It's part of our inheritance. If we don't, we miss out on a vital part that God has provided for us. If we do, we move forward in these days in the purpose of God like never before. Filled with the Spirit, cascading by the Holy Spirit into that which he calls us to do and being led by the Spirit. A life of excitement. And I don't think I really want that. I think I'm just happy to sit here and you know, watch Coronation Street or what is it, if it's still on, I don't know. But, uh, you know, or on... Always on a Tuesday, I go and see Great Aunt Edie, because that's what I do on a Tuesday. Well, you can live like that if you want to, but God has got something so much better, so much more. You up for it? You up for being led by the Spirit? Let's take a moment to tell him. <coughs> Let's bow our heads. Let's take a moment to tell him. Simple prayer. Just tell him now, Lord, I want to be led by your spirit. I want the life that you've intended. I don't want it to start next week or the week after. I want it to start from now. And Lord, if it's already what I'm doing, <clears throat> can I have more, Lord? More of your leading. 
Lord, I, I want to submit more to you. <clears throat> I want, Lord, to know more of, of the life that you've got. Lord, I want to be more of a servant for you. Not trying to come up with things that I can do, but Lord, just being led by you in your purpose. Hallelujah. This is what God's got for us. He's a faithful God. Let's just conclude on that. What a faithful God have I. What a faithful God. What a faithful God have I. Faithful in every way. What a faithful God have I. What a faithful God. What a faithful God have I. Faithful in every way. Amen. Amen. Well, lots of stuff to think on, to pray on. There'll be people available to pray here. Uh, I believe there's breakout groups on Zoom if people want to uh, stop for prayer. Remember, as well as tea and coffee outside, there is a room, if you're visiting, um, that you can get to meet with John. Okay. And uh, there'll be tea and coffee, I think, at some locations as well. Let's just get an update here. On the screen, there's an update. All right. <clears throat> just an update on PJ. Um, again, God is, God is leading and making provision. And... Uh, there, there's uh, lots of tests being taken. Uh, obviously, it's still concerned. They haven't resolved what the issue is. But uh, just reading the detail of what we just had in, there's, uh, things are really happening. And uh, things are happening in a, in a better way than what has been up to now. Pain is under control. Pain is under control, praise God. And also... <clears throat> So there's various things, scans and x-rays. They don't know yet what it is. They don't think, did they say they don't think it's life-threatening? They don't think it's life-threatening, but they just don't know at the moment. So, Lord, we just thank you for what you've done in this. And we just ask, Lord, that you would continue to help those you've called into that role to serve and to help. Lord, that you would grant supreme and sovereign knowledge into that situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk.com.